if I've got, I don't know, maybe five or 10 minutes and I want a quick release, you know the kind, I know the exact toy that'll do the trick. Or I know the exact friction and rhythm to deliver with my hands in order to do it too. But if I want to slow things way down for a totally different experience, when I'm not in a rush, when I can spend some true quality time with myself, there's some very specific accessories that I like to grab. Sometimes I blindfold myself or I dim the lights really low. Sometimes I use a feather up and down my arms while vibey music plays in the background. Sometimes I get as much of my body involved as I possibly can. I run my hands through my hair, down my face, and I let my fingers dance all over the surface of my skin. I put pressure on my inner thighs. I take my sweet time seducing myself before ever touching my genitals. And when I'm properly warmed up and efficiently lubed up, one of my favorite new bedroom accessories to reach for is the Oh My C from Ioba. I'm not sure what mechanism is in this thing, but the toy has a little nub that rotates at different speeds, so it mimics the sensation of being orally stimulated. It's nice, it's light, and it's quiet. Sometimes the sounds of my toys can actually take me out of my experience, so a softer, quieter toy is incredibly appreciated. I make sure to take deep breaths as I let the pleasure and sensation build, breathing it throughout my body, and when the time is just right, I pick up the speed of the rotation and I ride a full body wave of ecstasy. This is one of many acts of devotion I choose to regularly deliver to myself. And it's not about what my partner can or cannot give to me. It's about taking time to be with myself in my pleasure, doing anything and everything that feels good for me. If you're looking for a quiet, high-quality, beginner-friendly, super-cute vibe that doesn't actually vibe too hard, my personal recommendation is the Oh My See from Ioba. See the show notes for details and a discount. I'm Alexa, and you're listening to That Sex Check, a Soulfire production. Joining me on the show today, I have Andrew and Don Schultz. Andrew and Don or are a 24-7 dominant submissive couple. You heard that right. And they discuss the depth and devotion of dominant and submissive dynamics inside of a loving relationship on their Instagram account, freeandfit.life. I first met them via Instagram. We started to share each other's content. And I just loved their willingness to share about their sex life and their relationship dynamics from a place of authenticity and vulnerability. One of my most popular episodes to date was my solo show on my first BDM experience. So I know you are all super interested in learning more about this world, which is exactly why I brought this awesome couple to talk about their lives with you on the show today. So today we'll be talking about their DS relationship, how it started, how it's changed their lives and their sex lives, and the challenges they have faced along the way. And of course, we're going to talk about all the juicy goodness that has come from making this lifestyle shift. Y'all, this is sure to be such a dynamic and such a fun show, and I hope that y'all enjoy it. Andrew and Don, yay. Thank you for coming on to the show. Hi, Alexa. Hello. Oh my goodness. So like I said in the intro, 
y'all are, and I was telling you before I hit the button, the record button, uh, y'all are my first community members to come onto the show. And it's so exciting. You know, I, I get to meet so many cool people through social media and, you know, sometimes they are professionals in this space. And of course I consider them to, you know, maybe if they have something unique, maybe if they have something that I really would love for all of my listeners to hear, then I'll bring them or I'll invite them onto the show. But ever since the very beginning of my show's conception and the development and all of that, I knew that at some point I really wanted to have community members and regular old people that I saw in this space whether they had any element of um, the cool things that I learned about them and their sex and love lives, whether they were wanting to be professional with it or not, but just regular people who are living a particular way that was unique to others. And certainly people that I've interacted that are going against the grain and doing things not normal. I knew that eventually I would want to have some of those people onto the show and y'all are first. Well, we're honored to be the first and we're glad to be here. Yes. Thank you. So I would love to get y'all acquainted and love to get y'all introduced. So let's start with, because I'm sure we're going to go into some dynamics pretty soon and, and talking about how y'all live your life and this whole DS thing, but I would love to know who were Andrew and Don before. Who were y'all when you first met? Well, when we first met, we were a Boston employee. Oh. Oh. Uh, <laughs> I like to tell the joke that we met on Craigslist because I put a job posting on Craigslist and I hired her. And uh, yeah, so we worked together uh, for about a year and a half before any sparks even started to fly. So we, we really got to know each other pretty well before the work happy hour kind of made some sparks start to fly. Amazing. And how was that for you, Don, through the process? Did you have any idea? Like an interest? Yeah, like it legitimately happened on Craigslist? Yeah, so I got hired through Craigslist. And um, like you said, we worked together and we went out for a work happy hour. And funny thing was, I actually had a date planned that night. <laughs> and I ended up canceling it because it um, ended with just Andrew and I talking. And something changed through that conversation that we had. And then we started talking more outside of work after that. And within a few weeks, we had our first date. My goodness. And there really was nothing before that on either no. of our parts. It was very professional all the way up till that. And then it was just like, there was something where there hadn't been before. Yeah. So good. And how would you describe yourselves from that time? From back then? <laughs> Um, we were both, I guess we were both from blue collar families, both from farm families that kind of classic Midwestern work ethic type of families where you wake up in the morning and you just do your work and you, that's, that's what defines a good life. And we both kind of have, um, at the time, neither one of us had a real deep sense of self-awareness, I would say. And so ourselves back then really we had both been through first marriages that were less than satisfying for both of us and we were both kind of looking for something that was more fulfilling but really just trying to figure out what that was back at that point and that was 12 years ago now i was just about to ask you and how long ago was this yeah 12 years okay so let's talk about 
the lead up to you deciding to get married? What was that like? Well, we still worked together after we started dating. And so we had some interesting like workplace office dynamics, making out in the hallway, um, you know, sneaking out to the car for lunch. And (laughs) we had some of those, those fun moments for, um, for the next couple of years, but eventually we were on vacation in Hawaii. I proposed on the beach in, on the big Island in Hawaii, Hapuna beach. And really the, it was, it was a spark. It was a really deep connection with us from the, from the very beginning. We had, there was something bigger than either of us had experienced in past relationships. Yeah. It just felt right from the very start from when we were dating. It just, I know when you're a teenager, it's like, oh, this is going to last forever. But it, it literally felt real and just exciting in a whole new way. Mm. We had, we've had just so much fun together growing in our, who we are and as a couple over 12 years. So sweet. Okay. And so early married life sounds like it went great. When would you say was there a notable shift? Was, was there a notable shift in your, the way that you interacted with each other, the way that life was unfolding? Was there a time when the thought like something needs to change a little bit here? Was there any kind of notable or remarkable time where that occurred? Well, I think, you know, as we evolved and as we spent more time together, Don has two daughters from her first relationship. So we had them with us basically full time. And so a lot of different things happened as we, as we went and the challenges that come with, with having kids around the house. And I think one of the big shifts that happened was that we realized that when we would get away, when we would get out of home, we would go out on dates, when we would go like just away from the house on vacations, I would kind of naturally fall into a role where I would take charge and I would just make the decisions. I would just lead because that's the type of person that I am. I like to, I like to set a, a path and just head out and go. I'm the ready fire aim type. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> and so it was, I don't think a shift of like something needs to change. It was more a shift of like, we're better. Like mm. we're both better when we're in that setting versus in the setting where we are trying to do things with groupthink. Absolutely. Did you feel that same way, Don? Yes, because I was able to let go of having to be in charge because I did have that dynamic of being the mom to my kids, the main parent. And so it was much easier for me to relax, let go and just be free and love life in a different way when I didn't have to think so much. I didn't have to make all the decisions. Like it just felt so good. Mm. And so he realized that probably way earlier than he even brought this up, but, (laughs) but, um, there was just a certain level of self-awareness that and personal growth that happened to both of us to get to the point where he was ready to bring it up. 
So speaking of the bringing it up moment, what was the homework that you gave to yourself before you brought it up? Or was it just kind of like, hey, babe, do you want to do this thing? <laughs> I know we've had a happy marriage for eight years, but do you want to bolt a titanium collar around your neck 24 hours a day? Um, no, I would say the homework really, because I've had a knowledge of this type of dynamic in this type of relationship for a long time. It's been an interest of mine for a long time, but I really wasn't in a place where I felt like I was who I needed to be in order to take the lead in the way that I would want to take the lead. I don't really do shit halfway. I, if I'm going to do it, I like to do it right. And I like to do it all the way. And so a part of really the whole lead up was a period of several years where I shed 80 pounds. I got myself into shape. I did a ton of personal growth. I like, I really worked on myself to figure out who I was and how I needed to be better. And with that came the, just a, a level of confidence where I felt like I, I had what I needed to be, I'd become what I needed to be. And then, so, I mean, my real homework was years of self-improvement. And then we were out on a date one night and I just kind of lobbed it out there. What did it sound like, Don? Um, so the only thing I really knew about it was from reading Fifty Shades of Grey. Mm-hmm. Which isn't, which, you know. The way Andrew explained it was some of that, but not all of that. Right. And um, I've always had a um, a loyalty to a um, strong follower, someone that I can trust. I will follow. We had a great working um, dynamic where his strengths were my weaknesses and kind of vice versa. So I had already seen how well he has led me in life. And so that's really how he presented it to me was I'm going to live more in my strengths and you can um, give up some of your weaknesses to me. And that was like, okay, all right, I think I can do that. (laughs) And so I don't remember exactly what the conversation was or exactly what he said, but I did take almost 30 days to consider (laughs) what that really meant and ask questions. We had a lot of very deep conversations over that month from when I brought it up to when she finally said yes. And also, like he said, when I, I wanted to know what am I committing to because I wasn't going to half-ass it. But I also realized there was a certain part that would grow in the dynamic as we grew in it together. And so once I fully realized that I cannot know it all, that I just have to trust, I said yes. So you realized that you couldn't overthink letting go. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) it's hard solving problems that i don't actually have yet (laughs) like what if this and what happens it's all theoretical because you know in the in the moment human nature kicks in and 
uniqueness and trauma and all this stuff starts to play. And it's like, how can you possibly? And then it's like, fuck. All right. Well, I'm in. I'm in for whatever's going to come up. That's basically how it went. So I'm curious. Was there a contract? There was. How did that look? It was actually really valuable at the beginning. So we sat down and we went through a lot of what this meant, what it didn't mean, what um, was okay, what wasn't okay. And really, we've barely looked at it since then. Yeah. But it was, the process of putting it together was really valuable because it helped us just sort through what we were actually getting ourselves into and what we were and were not agreeing to. So yes, there was probably don't even remember a lot of what we said in there because it's just become a part of our daily lives. And that's probably different for us. We knew each other extremely well. I mean, we'd been together for 10 years, married for eight years by that point. So like we weren't trying to figure out if one of us was a manipulative abuser or not. We kind of knew that that was safe. So a lot of the contract thing, I think, is very valuable and important for certain people and certain couples. And it was for us. It just hasn't been a thing we've had to refer back to a lot. Absolutely. I can see how it it would be a really great exercise. You know, and I imagine that for some people going through just the, the motions of it and the exercise, whether they bring it back up quarterly or biannually mm-hmm. or once every couple of years or something to revisit and talk about it, even if you pull it back out and are like, let's talk about these things. You know, um, instead of it's bolted to the wall and you look at it every day, it's more like just the exercise of what are we, what are we really meaning to do here and achieve here on a high level? So, so good. And you, so together for 10, married for eight up to this point. And you said you've been married for 12 years now. Now for 10. Now for 10. Okay. And so then in total, so we've had two years go by of this 24 seven DS dynamic. Yep. Everyone is asking, I can hear them asking right now in their silence. (laughs) If I were a fly on the wall, what does a day in the life of a 24 seven DS dynamic for you two, what does it look like? What would I see? Well, I think what a lot of people assume they would see is like (laughs) Don handcuffed to the bed (laughs) and not allowed to get up unless she's told (laughs) that she's allowed to breathe or talk or drink water. Yes. And if she's um, not doing those, then she's probably cooking. Yeah. Or sweeping or dusting. Or yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> um, a day in our life looks a, like what I would say to any outsider would look like just maybe the happiest marriage they've ever seen. It's, I mean, I recently... Uh, resigned, retired from my job. And so like I'm around home all the time now. Don really hasn't worked much for the last year. She was a personal trainer and that kind of COVID kind of killed that profession. So the in-person. Yeah. And so a day in our normal life, like we wake up, we go to the gym and work out together. We cook together. We clean up after our after our meals together. We sit down and write and work on free and fit and all of the messages, like the awesome messages and comments and like everything that's become, which is just full of positivity. Mm -hmm. And we just live our lives together 
And from an outside perspective or inside of our lives, it's just a really damn happy relationship. (sighs) A damn happy relationship. So what is not present in your dynamic now that maybe was years before? Conflict. (laughs) Like there's almost no conflict. But when there is, it's pretty easily resolved. Because when you have a defined leader in a relationship and you know, something we actually took from one of your podcasts that we've referenced so many times is that, that hierarchy, right? The need of the need of the submissive, then the need of the dominant, the want of the dominant, the want of the submissive and those, I mean, in that order. So when you have something that comes up that could cause conflict, that really sums up really well, the way that I approach problem solving because she's given me, complete and total responsibility for her life. And so in that, I make sure that I look out for her needs before my own. And so when we, when something might cause a conflict, really, we both know that I'm looking out for what's best for her, what's best for me and what's best for us. And so we don't fight over things at all. Not that we did a lot before, but now like it just doesn't exist. Mm. Because we don't have to try to figure out who's going to make this decision or what are we going to do. I try to gather all of the relevant information and I decide and then we go forward on that path with the understanding that it's my responsibility to make the decision and to deal with the ramifications if it doesn't go right. Mm. So how I imagine this might be challenging for some people, even attempting to live not even necessarily 24 seven this way, but just certain portions of their life, maybe this way Mm -hmm. is how to separate. I'm, I'm making a decision based off of what I want versus what's best for my submissive or best for my partner. And the differentiation of like, when is my ego at play? Is that a question for y'all at times? Or do you have like a, a pretty good grasp on when you can see it for what it is and navigate around it together? Um, I have one of the things I've always been really, I guess, good at as a person is just understanding people and situations and reading things. And so I don't really see a lot of tension in that for us. I'm able to, we're connected at such a deep level that when I decide something that is best for me or for her, it's usually also best for us. So good. And Don, anything come up for you in that? Um, I would say he had always told me from the very beginning that he sees me for who I am. And that didn't completely make sense to me until time after time, situation after situation where I did let him make a decision where it always worked out for the best for me. And part of saying yes to being his submissive was determining, okay, what areas am I willing to give him that control of? Because I also didn't see myself going from zero to a hundred. Like I had to slowly let go because of how responsible I had to be for my life for so long. It kind of was just part of me and I didn't know how to just give it all up. And I'm still learning, still learning how to be more free in my mind. But the one thing that I've 
really learned and been much better about embracing is letting him make the decisions, but also letting go of the outcome. Because it's really easy to be like, yeah, I'll let you make the decision, but I'm going to be pissed off at you if you don't make the right decision. And that or probably, the one I would have made, even if it's not well, right. Well, <laughs> and in my mind, that probably was right, but there was a total lack of self awareness in that department. And I do um, find myself looking back so often, just kind of chuckling at myself at how I used to be. So I think that has only gotten better. Um, really in the last year, even, um, of our lives. And now that we've had the last couple of weeks together, since he retired, it like brought it to a whole new level, which wow. has been really good. Congratulations, by the way. Thank you. Feels like a nice big move. Yeah. Yeah. So I hear that that was some of the, the challenges, but also probably some of the biggest growth opportunities and this letting go and the releasing of the responsibility. And then also I hear Jordan, my partner reference, compassionate detachment. Like I love you and I have zero attachment to you doing the thing that I want you to do. And it's great whenever he says it. And then if there's follow through with it, well, it just depends on the mood um, or like (laughs) what the circumstances are um, for us. Whenever it comes to any type of DS dynamic unfolding in our relationship, which like it, it does at times, but it's certainly not a 24 seven thing for us. And I don't know if maybe we would play around with a week at a time just to test it out, to see how it would go. I think I'd lose my damn mind, like in the best way, like I am <laughs> tracking and paying attention and figuring things out all of the time. And a lot of times I rely on Jordan to be my happy, to be my playful, to be, um, the jester of the relationship. That's like, don't, let's not take it so seriously. I'm like, but I have people counting on me. Thousands of people counting. Oh, you know, this, I just hear a little voice and I was like, shut up, Alexa. Take some psychedelic mushrooms and go run around naked in a field or something. You know, like go do that. <laughs> Sounds <laughs> you know? kind of fun. It's like, <laughs> let go, relax. Well, and that's one of the roles that, that I really take on as the dominant in this relationship is you know, it's another, I think, common misconception about what dominant submissive dynamics are is that it's always the dominant telling the submissive what to do and creating all of this order and structure in her life or in the submissive's life. And we talk about this from a male dominant, female submissive perspective, because that's what we are. That's our experience. That's what we know. Sure. We get questions all the time about, well, what about this arrangement or that arrangement? Like, that's great. We don't know it. Like we don't, we talk about what we know. And we're not going to try to give opinions on things that are just us guessing. Sure. But there's a, there's a big assumption that the, the dominant is just bossing the submissive around all the time. Right. And it really couldn't be further from the truth in the way that it works for us. And I think if you're a self-aware as a masculine man, you can understand that what every woman needs isn't to be bossed around and what every submissive needs isn't a task list. And, you know, in Don's situation and her, the way that she thinks and the way that her mind works, she, like, she's her own harshest dominant. She, like, she'll beat herself up. <laughs> I see you, Don. And so the best way that I can lead her is to actually 
be more of the lead her more into freedom and let go of the order, you know, help her let go of that masculine energy and embrace her femininity. Because when she does that, then she relaxes and she gets loose and free and she dances and moves and giggles. And it <laughs> like, but when she's in that, like, to do list mentality, get shit done. Yep. Got to get all the shit done. And like when she's in that mentality, she's not at her best. She's not her happiest. She's not like, she's not feeling free. She's not at her best. And so one of the roles that I play as the dominant isn't to boss her around. Sometimes it's to tell her to loosen the fuck up. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I think and Jordan... make her do it. Cause I do have the authority to make her loosen oh. up and like, we're going to stop doing that right now. We're going to go have fun. Yes, sir. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's one thing that like, uh, I even watched Jordan's or uh, I think about his language that has evolved since we've met because even just having a conversation anywhere close to this was so foreign to him when we first met. And as <laughs> he was dead set, you, Alexa Martinez, well, when he says my name now, he always goes, Alexa Martinez, soon to be Bowditch. He will not say my name without saying soon to be Bowditch on the end. I go, okay. But he you was like ready? locked in. He was like, you, I'm choosing you. You are mine. And not in like the scary, creepy, stalkery way, but also kind of, but you know, it's working. And I was like, oh, are you sure you want to do this thing with me? Because this is what I come with. I come with, I'm challenging all kinds of dynamics and notions and norms and what does sex mean? And what does a, a true, like the relationship dynamic that is best for me or for us, or, you know, I'm challenging all these notions. And he's like, okay. So it used to be like, well, maybe you want to go get in the bathtub today. And now it's... <laughs> I'm going to run your bath and they're very different things. They have very different energies. And when he does it and I pout for one and a half seconds and then I go fine and I go get in that tub, but it's very different to like, you know, maybe you want to go get in the bathtub or something. And I'm like, what are you trying to say? <laughs> you know, just, Next time throw on the, yes, sir. They bring different energy. Yes. I, that is my, to, that is to my work of the letting go and the, all right, you're right. You know, how quickly can we get Lex to say, yes, sir, we're playing a game. It's certainly a game. Um, and this, I mean, just speaking with y'all is certainly piquing my interest to giving, you know, I mentioned this before, like, what would it be to just do a social experiment for the two of us of doing it for a week and let's draft a little contract over the weekend. And then come Monday and then we do like on that Sunday and then Monday to Sunday. And then we check back in on Sunday and like, what did we like? What did we not like? So um, I am curious because we spoke a little bit about how people could perceive it and what they think might be going on versus what's really going on. So I'm curious, you know, if someone were interested in this, how could they potentially go about getting educated and how could they potentially dip their toe in? And I'm really asking just you know, cause you have your experience and you've got other people who've connected with you online and you've started building a community around this subject now. So I'm sure you've heard lots of stories recently. And if you, I, I also would imagine that you're feeling super validated too. And like bringing some of this knowledge and some of your, like just being open about your experiences is probably helping so many people feel better about their situation. So I know I asked a lot there. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think, you know, one of the things 
that we didn't have when we were starting this ourselves was just like people that didn't seem too weird about it, talking about what it was like to live this kind of a life. There's lots of people that, I mean, if you go on Instagram and you search a couple of the hashtags that might be attached to dominant submissive relationships, you see a lot of leather, you see a lot of butts, and you see a lot of... um, Leather and butts. Yeah. And and, I mean, you see a lot of the, the kinky side of it, right? You see a lot of the sex side of dominance and submission. But what there really wasn't out there was somebody that was just talking about what the relationship is like. Like, how do you, how do you do the, the 23 hours a day when you're not having sex? Like, how do you, how do you do that part of it? If you're trying to do 24 seven, there's lots of, lots of talk about the sex and not a lot about the rest. And so when we started this free and fit thing, we really just, we hadn't been working together for a while and we wanted to do something together. And so we just started sharing stuff about our workouts and about food and just like what our life is like. And then we got this message from one couple and it was essentially because Don has her collar on in every picture. I mean, it's come off um, just for massages for over two years now. And we got this message from this couple that said, she's so brave. (laughs) Like wearing her collar, like when you're at the gym and when you're at the beach and when you're around people, like how people were blown away by the fact that she wore her collar all the time. Mm -hmm. And that was really what tipped us off to the idea that there's like, there's a whole world of people out there that want to explore these dynamics and they don't have anybody that just looks like them. Who's just a normal couple talking about what it's like Mm -hmm. in the other 23 hours a day. And so when it comes to education, I mean, there's some great books out there. There's some great websites out there. There's some great podcasts out there, but there really, there really was a lack of who's talking about the relationship and the, like the love behind the relationship, the care, the respect that goes into this kind of a relationship and not just the sex and not just the intensity of it. So that's kind of what we apparently have turned into is those normal people and the like the number of messages and we'll get dozens of them some days of just regular old boyfriend girlfriend husband wife who either want to explore this or do and they just they feel alone they're like on an island in their little suburbia is the one kinky couple on the street and nobody understands what their life is like Mm. and then they find us and they're like oh my god there's others like we're not the only ones And so we've kind of turned into that, I guess. Oh my goodness. That's so good. So yeah, I thought that as you were talking, I'm like, you know, that one, you know, that lady, she wears that collar three doors down. You know, what do you think it means? Well, I heard insert projection, insert all the things that potentially they wish that they would give themselves the freedom to experience and do and are feeling feels about you giving yourself the freedom and permission to do it your way. And then to top it off, we just bought this big red light therapy device and Mm -hmm. put it up in our room. So now a couple times a day, we turn that thing on and our bedroom glows bright red. So (laughs) Perfect. Yes. Don't tell them that it's actually a biohacking setup of sorts. 
<laughs> for your cell rejuvenation and your longevity. It's, uh, you know, let them think what they want to think. It's more fun that the first way. day I turned it on and had the curtains open on the window and looked out the back window and it lit up like probably a thousand feet behind our house. The thing is so strong. Like the whole, the whole backyard was glowing oh red. Gosh. It was so funny. That is hilarious. So you touched on the sex part, the, the 23rd to 24th hour of the 24 <laughs> seven. So inquiring minds want to know the next, the next question for sure, how all of this has impacted your sex life. Was there, um, was there a big difference between how you were interacting in your sex life before versus after making this decision? Was there kinky play of, of sorts present before you decided to go into this more official 24 seven DS dynamic? Yeah. I mean, there certainly was, and I don't know that the, what we do has really changed all that much, but the, I guess the intensity and passion because our relationship has deepened so much because of the dynamic now, um, just the intensity and the passion and the desire, um, is amped up multiple fold. I would say for me, um, early on, we were pretty vanilla. I was pretty sheltered in anything to do with sex. So that has evolved over time as I have just trusted and let my mind be open to trying new things. And it's been pretty amazing at what I can experience pleasure from that. I, you, if you would have told me this 10 years ago, I would have been whatever. <laughs> so it, it's, I would say the kink aspect has gotten um, more fun too, but the deep connection is intense. The orgasms are intense just in a whole new way. And I don't really know how to explain it. I do. You have like 10 minute long orgasms now. <laughs> yeah, that's how you explain it. I mean, it's all, it's all good. Oh, you mean learn how to, in other aspects of life, to surrender and let go and your orgasm's not half of a second or right. uh, maybe up to half of a minute. You know, some people blast off real fast and then come right back down. And some people are like, ooh, they can like ride it 30 seconds, maybe a minute. So learn how to surrender and let go in other areas and increase orgasmic potential. Yes. Yeah. Surprise. And then surprise. a little bit of condition, a little bit of conditioning along with it. And you can start making verbal responses to the orgasms. <laughs> and so then I can just keep saying the same magic little phrase in her ear and I can make it happen for like a half an hour straight if I want to. Oh, wow. Look at that. So when do you make your first ebook or product or. <laughs> <laughs> you know? <Hopefully> so. <laughs> right. So you're telling me I can condition and set my person up to be able to hear a particular phrase over and over again and to get all the way to a place. Humans are really fucking cool. Aren't we? Like Yeah. Yeah. I mean, in just this conversation, there's... So, well, let me backtrack for a second. I even was talking about this earlier today and I was speaking to um, a... I'm just going to call him a client and talking about work that 
him and his wife can do and where they're at. They have three small children under six and like what is available in life and is super challenged, but they have been working with the relationship coach, but they're curious about working with a sex coach, yada, yada, yada. And um, the question of like, what do I do? You know, like what else can you do and what does it look like to, to like really work with a sex coach? And I'm like, well, sex looks like a lot of things to a lot of different people and eros and eroticism and the cultivation and movement of sexual energy, whether that's in the genitals or throughout the body between two people, whether they're strangers or they're intimate partners for however many, yep. And through the mind, all of that, it's, it can look so much bigger, broader than this, you know, a leads to B leads to C you insert part A into slot B and you add some friction and voila. And then you go about your business, right? That is one little tiny portion of what really cultivating and navigating, like who am I as a sexual being, which doesn't always involve the actual act of sex. And, you know, it, it's, it's a really interesting conversation that I have with women specifically about how they are almost afraid not to have an orgasm. Like they almost push themselves to have an orgasm so that their partner can feel like they did a good job. When in reality, it was some of the best sex they've ever had. And please don't make me have an orgasm, you know, or it's, one of the hottest experiences that they've ever had and they were never even touched, you know, like sex gets to be so much bigger than just this one little thing you do, but the lights off every Tuesday, you know, <laughs> very specifically right there. I don't know why Tuesday always gets the sex whenever I give those, <laughs> when I give those examples, <laughs> only Tuesdays. One of the more intense experiences we've had, we haven't talked about this for a while, is when we were out one night and I told Don she wasn't allowed to touch me for the whole night. It was torture. Yeah, because <laughs> we're both physical touch. I mean, look at us. We're leaning against each other here. When it comes to love languages, we're both physical touch as one of our primaries. So um, like, we're both very into touch. And I didn't let her touch me for a whole night on our date. And then holy explosive afterwards when we got back to the hotel. <laughs> Just like grab but, you, rip your face off along with your clothes. <laughs> but the, uh, you know, the mind is so much bigger than the clitoris. Do you want to say it again? The mind <laughs> is so much bigger than the clitoris, Alexis. Are y'all hearing that all the way in the back? Okay, great. Did you take notes? Like, play with it. <laughs> <laughs> Great. So just so you know, that will be on a quote after the show is done. It will say yeah. mind is bigger than the clitoris. Yes. Play with it. Snaps. <laughs> Play with it. Absolutely. <laughs> so I've loved this conversation. Like you mentioned, it's, it's bringing realness to this dynamic, to this way of living and being. And I'm sure that there's so many people that are listening are like, oh yeah, cool. Good for them. And some people that are like, this sounds terrible and patriarchal and all of these other words it, absolutely. that absolutely the patriarchy is strong in and, this marriage. And, <laughs> and I can see you're both into it. So I mean like and the levity in it all too. Like there's there's humor, there's levity, and there's certainly a lot of depth and realness. But I'm sure that there's people that are listening that are like that poor girl. 
you know, or like, how dare that guy? But if they're listening, if people are listening to my show, then chances are they're like, I am so curious about this. So you mentioned um, a couple of, whether it be books or resources or podcasts. Um, I'm curious if we could leave our listeners with, for those that are curious or, or even those of you that are like, oh yeah, good for them. And I don't know about that. And that's not for me. So my only request is that you open your mind just a little bit more and, and challenge, challenge yourself. Like what could my life look like if I were just going to entertain this idea? Not that you have to, but just what could it look like? Get those, get the juices flowing. Um, so people who are curious or the people that I've just instructed to have their mind open a little bit, where would you lead them? If they're already in a relationship and they're curious about how do I bring more of that erotic energy into an existing relationship, Esther Perel's book, Mating in Captivity, was probably the first thing that set our actual life in motion to put us where we end up, where we're at today. Mm -hmm. And that book really just gets at how can you um, want what you already have? Like, where's that? How can you still have passion for something that you are so closely attached to? So that, that book is absolutely brilliant when it comes to discussing erotic energy inside of relationships. Mm. That's probably my my favorite go-to. Do you have anything you... For the podcast, I can't remember um, who interviewed... Is it Rupani? Om Rupani, that was oh, Alexa. That, that was you? Yeah. Okay. Yes. Oh, Om, <laughs> so, Om stuff is brilliant. Yeah, yes. we, I loved that podcast. Mm. I will go back and listen to that one again. Um, you drop some bombs. Some bombs that like I'm sitting in my chair and I'm squirming around and I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> hit him, hit him. Okay. <laughs> like I think he said masculinity doesn't respond to negative feedback. Mm -hmm. Yeah, True. he's given me a mantra for sure. Um, when I'm feeling particularly bratty and not in the fun kind of way, um, <laughs> I, my mantra is make him right. Make him right. He's right. Like whatever you got to move through your system, Lex, he's right. And then the a variation of that is, oh, what? it's not the make him right. It's that like, make him win. Like how do I figure out the best way instead of being critical that we're in this celebratory you're winning? Not like in a condescending, like, oh my God, you did so good kind of way, but like be in a, be in a happy, open, receptive, let's do whatever you say right now kind of thing. Like, how do I create an opportunity for him to win no matter what? So definitely. Another thing that, um, I'm bad at remembering names <laughs> just off the top of my head, but it was, we read a couple of her blog posts just about femininity and masculinity. Anna Rova is her mm -hmm. name. She writes on medium and i've seen her on instagram also but she's a she's a writer who discusses polarity in masculine feminine relationships oh amazing and so she's brilliant and then lauren kren l-o-r-i-n yes. kren um probably the most spiritually accurate person when it comes to relationships that i've ever read he says things in two sentences that take me 20 minutes of talking to get to the point he <laughs> Like he understands things at such a an 
automatic level. It's just fascinating to read what he has to say. So there's another great one too. So good. All right, y'all. Well, you hear it. You hear it. They've given you some next steps. And what was interesting is that those recommendations came from a 24 seven DS couple. And none of those things have to have to do with kinky sex. You know, right. it's the behind the scenes, the mental game, the surrender, the, the dominance. Um, yeah, I, I think that it's brilliant. If you start there and you look at this very foundationally, then some of the other, let's say more kinky things, they get to be the sprinkles. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the additional thing. They, they flow naturally yeah. out of a strong relationship, especially when the femininity of the submissive partner is able to relax and be open and really just open up to experience without being um, so overworked and in control. The feminine doesn't want to be in control. The feminine wants to let go and be conquered. Mm-hmm. The feminine wants to be taken over. And so if a submissive or feminine woman isn't feeling open, she can't open herself up to let herself be taken. And then she's cutting herself off from a lot of the pleasure that she can experience. Mm. That's me snapping y'all. I like that one too. Probably slap (laughs) the one thing. The one thing for me is, um, at the beginning, Andrew kind of suggested maybe a few sites and I don't really remember what they were about. If you want to explore, if you want to learn. And for me, what I knew best for myself was I can't fully read about how to be a submissive because I would then be my own dominant Mm -hmm. and hold myself to that standard of what I read. I would compare myself seek perfection in being that. And so what I understood and I understand even better now, two years later is really just submitting to him and following his lead with an open mind to anything he brings up to me. For instance, I used to be closed off to the idea of fantasy. Like I remember specifically shutting him down years ago on the idea because I, in my mind, the way I saw it was if thing, a part B whole C and <laughs> yeah, like you can't imagine it if you don't want it. Right. But that's so not true. And so that, for example, is one thing that I've come a long way forward and just embracing and trusting the lead. And so again, back to what I said earlier is just that one little thing was like a, Oh, I can trust him. I can let go a little bit more and be more vulnerable. Mm, I love it so much. Thank you for having this conversation. I know we talked at the very beginning that this is podcast number two for y'all. And I imagine like, well, I mean, I just, I remember when I did my first couple of podcasts, when I was first getting out there and I'm like, Oh, am I going to say the things? Is it going to come across? Well, am I going to do a great job? Y'all did so great. And you just beam, you can feel the love from you both, the authenticity. And I know just from interacting with your Instagram and then, you know, in the DMs between the two of you, which I assume I mostly talked to Andrew, but maybe I've spoken to you too, a couple of times, Don. Um, but 
this is real and you're living this way and in this particular way. And when you share, you are serving so much and people are finding their way to you in this very organic, magnetic kind of way, which is perfect for building true community and building the foundational brand work so that when it comes to, I'm going to lead a workshop, I'm going to lead a class, I'm going to, I'm going to provide this course or something like that. You have a a slew of raving fans that are like, teach me your ways. When in reality, like teaching your ways is you've paid attention to the markers of life of how this has unfolded. And there seems to be a pattern and you hear other people talking. It's like, wow, there's a pattern there too. And so um, my message and all that to you is keep going keep doing the work. So many people need it. I imagine some people will listen to this podcast again. Some will have their notions and some will have their like, oh yeah, sure. But there's going to be so many more that are like, wow, there's something I'm really going to take from that episode. And just so all of the listeners know, now that I've said it a couple of times on the show, as soon as I get done recording, I'm going to go find Jordan and I'm going to talk about where in our calendar, because structure, where in our calendar we can... We can afford to take a week and that's, you know, totally up to us in a conversation where we can afford to take a week and give something like this a try just to see what it does to our dynamic and my nervous system and my ability to trust and surrender and let go. Nothing's going to change about the fact that I started the company that we both work for and with. Nothing's going to change that. Though there are so many things that I'm sure in our dynamic we can choose on the behind the scenes and on the back end that will take away some of the stress and the pressure of that fact and and take away some of the stress and the pressure from the rest of life that's outside of I make most of the decisions in the other parts of our lives. And so if this is a way that we can get rest and reprieve and we can just do a little experiment you know, and that could work for us. So stay tuned. Maybe I'll have an episode to talk about how our little weekend or our whole, well, I've already shortened it in my mind to a weekend. Our week experiment will go. Y'all hold me accountable to that. Check back in with me, see how it went. And if I'm like, oh, I haven't done it yet. Y'all say, when are you doing it? So I'll put it on the calendar, but I'll yeah. I'll just get in touch with Jordan and I'll tell him to just arrange it. Oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit. Okay. All right. You got to be held accountable. He can see right through me. Oh no, Don. (laughs) How do you do it? Anyway, yes. Again, a big long-winded message to say, I've taken something really delicious um, and what I know is going to be super beneficial away from this convo. And I'm sure so many people listening as well. And thank you for being a part of my community. Thank you for reaching out and thank you for being who you are and showing up so bravely and courageously and vulnerably and authentically uh, to the world, helping those around you as well. Thank you for having us. We appreciate you and everything you do. And we look forward to moving forward. Yes. Thanks, Alexa. Thanks so much for listening to today's show. If you loved it, be sure to subscribe so you never miss a new episode. And if you extra, extra loved it, make sure to leave a five-star review. I'll see y'all next week.